We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show, Ivy Nation Sports Talk. He's Vince. I'm Sean. Here we are. <laughs> Just like linemen. No fuss, no muss. That's right. This is the show that wasn't going to happen that is happening right now as it turns yeah. out. And, yes. I, you know, there's there's some chatter going on in the chat right now. Brandon uh, says, I was told the commitment was at 430 Eastern, which is why I was wondering why the show was at 536 I prefer this, though. LOL. Needed a break from earlier. So here's what happened. The <laughs> Anthony Knapp commitment, as many of you probably know, was slated for 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. And so Brian and I were – we talked this morning. I was driving back from Notre Dame from talking to Al Golden and a couple of linebackers over there. And Brian said, you know, look, you've got no show tonight <laughs> because this commitment's <laughs> going to be at 5.30. We're going to do the Deanna Gump show, the fundraiser show earlier in the afternoon. And then we're going to do this live commitment show at 5.30. And then sometime after 4.30, I got uh, I got a, a call from Brian saying, hey, you want to do a show? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> They obviously moved up the commitment. He he committed an hour early, so it canceled everything. So the schedule is just all over the place it's right now. Whopper jawed. Yes, but we appreciate you being here. And this is a yeah. mailbag show. And I know they did a super chat mailbag show earlier. And I'll tell you what, you know, like all the money that they raised from the super chat show earlier today is going to go to the Notre Dame softball, Deanna Gump to the, you know, to their cancer yeah. benefit. So if you guys just want to keep throwing super chats in here and the money goes there, you know, that's that's where the money will go. We'll just tell Brian that, you know, that, hey, we got super chats. Uh, you know, I've noticed there's a couple that have come in already. So yeah. we'll make if you sure want to they keep get the super over. chats going. We'll just yeah. that's where we'll that's where the money will go today. You know, yes. it, it's all we all work for the same place. So right. right. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. It's a great cause, yeah. obviously. And and uh yeah, so if anybody wants to throw those our way, we'll make sure that they get donated over to the uh, the softball team and and their fight against cancer. And uh, what a great cause! I hope everybody was able to catch the Absolutely. interview with with Diana uh, Deanna Gump. Deanna and Gump. Yep. Um, it was a great interview. I saw little bits and pieces of it this afternoon, and 
uh, because I also didn't go to work today because <laughs> I have an under the weather wife. And so I got to play Mr. Mom, get the kids off to school, receive them afterwards, etc. So uh, got to sneak a little bit of time in with the show. And so a lot of generous people out there and we love it. That's one of the things we love about being part of the Irish Breakdown family. And um, I, I'm glad that Brian got on board with uh, Coach Gumpf and the softball program. And it's a great cause. Great cause. Absolutely. I concur with that. You know, and we're not forcing you to, to no. throw in super chats by any means if you don't want to. Uh, Troy's asking if it was a time zone issue earlier tonight. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea what was going on. What What about you, Smug Vince? <laughs> Ouch. I mean, okay. Uh, but I, look, I got the call from you and you're like, hey, we're going to do a show. Uh, all right. Sounds good. I'm here. Yeah. And my son just means he'll be stuck at the gym for an extra hour and a half. So, okay, that's fine. Let's go for it. All right. Well, we've got a few questions queued up. So you want to take a few? Yeah, let's do it. Let's jump right into right. this thing. All right. Let's let's start. We'll uh, we'll get out some of these super chats. Yeah. Thanks to Anthony resubmitting his earlier donation to the Cancer Fund Drive. Hope this one goes through. Bingo. Boingo. Got it. Thank you got very it. much, Anthony. We do appreciate that. Uh, he, he's got a question in there, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, the other super chat is from RJ, RJG, I don't know, Irving, Irving, big one, help families defeat cancer. Missed earlier show. Hope this helps. Absolutely. We awesome. appreciate it. And I'm sure Notre Dame softball and Deanna Gump will as well. So thanks for doing that. We appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Have you seen a question that you want to start with? I'm, I'm kind of scrolling I'm, I'm, through here. Yeah, I'm bit. still kind of starring stuff as they come in. There's a girls girls basketball question that just came. Well, not a question, more of a comment uh, that I'm sure that you could probably jump on as well if we wanted to go down that road. Yep. Let's see. Oh, here's a good one, too. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and start with that. Matt. Yeah, why not? And, and I didn't realize how early the McDonald's All-American game started last night, but it was going on while we were doing the show last yeah. night. I, I thought it was later it. for some reason. Yeah, I know. I did, too. But, well, <laughs> yeah, but uh, Hannah Hidalgo, the Notre Dame commit, five-star point guard from New Jersey, Gatorade, New Jersey, uh, state player of the year, was the McDonald's All-American game um, MVP last night. Yeah, she night. put on a show. She did, like eight steals. She averaged over seven steals per game this year in a high school, and she had eight steals, I think it was, in the uh, McDonald's game last night, and uh, Matt says he watched her playing the mcdonald's game and all i can say is wow we don't have anyone like her that can play the point shoot the three and play lockdown defense like her and you know right now with the and, and i'm not saying like i know uh, there's no like inside information here but we know that olivia miles is having surgery and yeah, yeah. i know that they anticipate a relatively quick return time, but you just never know. And right. so I think that at the very least, Hannah Hidalgo is a very good insurance policy next year. But even with a healthy Olivia Miles, Hannah Hidalgo is going to play next year to some extent. And that only bodes well. That's That, that team is going to be so loaded next year. It's oh. going to be really fun to watch. I mean, I feel like it's almost plug and play. Uh, you know, obviously Mabry is leaving. But I feel like Hidalgo can kind of just step right into that role, and it's even a more 
I don't want to say a more advanced role because she is going to be a true freshman, obviously. But, Mm -hmm. you know, Mabry was kind of that emotional soul of the team, whatever, and she could hit threes from a just a physicality standpoint from a from a uh a skill standpoint obviously you got you've got the threes but then you have even more that you would get in that replacement so it's like it almost just feels like uh okay well Mabry's gone thank you amazing great plug and play like I, right that's what it feels like, like to me because you could have miles and hidalgo out oh, there at the same time yeah. like she could come out if 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 citron needed to come out and, and get a break like she's because of the the things that she can do and the kind of defense she can play. And like they were already a good defensive team this year. And again, you add her to the mix next year. And it's it's just going to be, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the women's program, what they're going to be able to do. And uh, I'm just going to try to shoehorn myself in there and get, do a little color with you next year. You know, (laughs) there you go. It's going to be fun. Let's do it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I miss not doing basketball games with you. I'll, I'll say it. I'll put it out there. I know. Well, we didn't do foot. We didn't do any games together. I know. This year, after how many years was it? Five or I so? Know. Four or five? Stinks. We were doing football and basketball and everything else we slid a little baseball you did a did you do a you did a couple baseball games with me when i've done it in the past yeah we did uh like regionals and then like for right. high school we did that from when we follow mishawaka and obviously we did a bunch of notre dame games together but yeah. nothing in this year like this school year which is just weird it's just weird um now we can continue on with the women's basketball. We got all kinds. Well, of I didn't. I didn't see there. that. Josh okay. wants to know though, how much money could Notre Dame charge to watch Ben Morrison and Tobias Merriweather go at it at practice? There was a clip that I saw on Twitter, and it, it must have been something that Notre Dame put out because we haven't had access to practice for the past couple of days. But there was a. It, it was almost like a back shoulder, but it was an underthrown ball, and I don't know who threw the ball. But Merriweather kind of came back. Caught it low, scored a touchdown, and it was over or against Ben Morrison. So, I mean, 
I bet those two are going to duke it out all spring and probably into I the know. fall as well. That's going to be fun. There, there have been some really good receiver cornerback matchups that we've been able to watch like in fall camp and in yeah. spring practice over the last few years. Those are those are always fun. And those two guys going at it, I, I think that they could charge a lot of money. That would be really fun oh, yeah. <laughs> to go out and and do something like that and we're lucky we get to watch it you know for free or get paid to do it and uh it's gonna be so we got the full practice coming up on saturday so we get to be there for the entire time the weather's gonna be awful it was supposed to be in the stadium so i was really looking forward to like a full like scrimmage type but now that we got the indoor field there's probably just gonna do the same thing and you know we'll be able to watch it and everything just won't mm-hmm. be in the stadium but uh Obviously, praying it's indoors because I'm not ready to brave the uh, the elements that are going to come on Saturday. Right. But uh, I, I'm excited to see because they always scrimmage for a little while when we're there, and I want to see some of these eleven on eleven putting the ball on the air, one v one. You know, let's have some fun with this thing. I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, I would actually, if it ends up, you know, if the <clears> weather <throat> is turns out what it's supposed to do on Saturday, and they practice inside instead of in the stadium, I wouldn't be all that. <laughs> upset with that if we get to right. sit up in the up in the balcony and yeah. watch just sit there with a desk the view the view up there is actually good yeah and you've got something you know sit and write and you're yeah exactly you've got like a desktop to you know to write your notes and all that kind of stuff on so wouldn't be the worst thing in the world from from my you're not wrong view anyway. you're not wrong <laughs> uh quinn thank you for the super chat quinn he said he missed the show earlier vince can you give background on how estime has been practicing that you have seen looks like he moved to lean <laughs> city has that compromised or enhanced his ability well i've always thought that estime had really good feet and it was and it was one of the things that stood out because of his size right and i don't we didn't get a very good look to be honest with you at the running backs because they were just doing some individual drills and they were kind of on the other side of the field last saturday when we were there but it's one of the things that i want to watch going into this coming Saturday when we're there. The real the practice. practice. Yeah. The real practice. Because yeah. they didn't have, I mean, they had uppers on, but while we were there, there was no hitting at all. They were just taking handoffs. They were, they were working on some jet type stuff, uh, you know, pitch relationships, some mesh. So there wasn't really a whole lot to see. I'm okay with it. I mean, if he slims down just a little bit, because you're not going to take away from his speed, his agility or his power. I agree. Like I wasn't there this last practice. I was there the first one. So you were there, you know, like you were there when I wasn't, I was right. there when you weren't. And right. really we didn't see anything more at that one than you did, you know? And yeah, what I've seen of, of estimate has been some of the videos that they've released and you're right about his footwork. Like, cause I was thinking about Jerome Bettis. There were, there was something mm-hmm. on TV the other day and Jerome, like, the reason Jerome Bettis for for such a big guy was able to do what he did because he had incredible feet. You know, he had a tap dancer's feet. And yeah. while Estime isn't as big as Jerome, he still has really good feet. That is the thing yeah. with him. And so I just think that that, that lean down stuff is just going to make him uh, just a little bit quicker, just in and, and a yeah. little bit shiftier than he than he already was for for a big guy. And it's an easy comparison. It's an easy comparison for you know to go from Jerome Bettis and Audric Estime, obviously because they're bigger backs, you know that kind of a thing. The difference is Audric Estime is a friggin' Adonis, 
right? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, he's, Jerome he's was ripped. never nothing against cut. Jerome, but he's yeah, yeah. Exactly. He was never cut like that. Even when he was in the pros, he was just a big dude who had good feet and all of that. But he was never like ripped. Yeah, I estimate it's a completely different build. But the big back thing is absolutely accurate, and I. I mean, look, I, I'll i say it. I would I would have loved to see Audric Estime in number six. I think that would have been a lot of fun to see, but uh, I'll take seven. I mean, that's close enough. Seven's fine. You yeah, know, that's close that's enough. Right. It's a slimming, slimming number, right? So, uh, but no, I mean, he's not going to lose any of his pop or his hammer ability. No way. Yeah. A uh, couple Dara Mabry questions. I'll combine them. Anthony, did Mabry play too many games for a medical year in 23-24? And David Jones, what about the COVID year for Mabry? This was her COVID year. This was her fifth year. She played two years at Virginia Tech. Yeah. Played the last two years. This was her COVID year this year. So that is that is out. She, she is, was done. And the medical thing, yes, she absolutely played too many games to, to qualify. Mm -hmm for any kind of medical exemption she basically played about half the season maybe even a little bit more than half the season because like, she got injured in january i believe so yeah, yeah. yeah. actually let, let me let me look here real quick and i'll tell you exactly i mean i know she's she has no more eligibility yeah. left but i'll tell you exactly how many games she played here in just a second it was 18 games yeah so she played more than half they played 33 total okay so yeah, she has no more. Um, you know, I think that she probably, obviously, recovery is the first thing. She hasn't even had the surgery yet on her knee. I didn't realize so, that. Yeah, she, so she's, because she had, and I'm not allowed to get into, you know, all the details sure. and, and all that, but she had, you know, some other stuff, you know, that kind of went along with it. But uh, not not just the the ligament tear is what I'm saying. Gotcha. There were some other, there were some other, there was like a fracture and stuff like that. So they Oof. think they had to wait like a certain amount of time before they could do the surgery and that kind of stuff. Oof. So that's rough. Yeah, and she may be ready to go too. I mean, that's, you know, there's always yeah. that too, you know, ready to kind of start the next chapter, whatever that happens to be. Right. And that's what I was going to say. I mean, I would imagine that if she wants to, she can probably go overseas and play. You know, I know she, you know, wants to uh, get into broadcasting and, and oh, okay. that kind of thing. So we'll see maybe where that goes. So I can see that happening as my, well. Take my That's right. To you. That's right. <laughs> get a real <laughs> analyst in here. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Let me see. Luke wants to know any must do's the Friday or before the blue gold game. You know, that's a really good question, Sean, because I I mean, I know there's a bunch of stuff going on the Fridays before regular home games, but I don't mm -hmm. know if they kind of do that similarly for the Blue Gold game because I just haven't been to one in so long because I'm always doing baseball. I don't know that it's really the same deal. Yeah, I the guess. only thing that I can think of is like they do. Remember, they do the shirt announcement. Isn't that the, oh, day yeah. before the Blue Gold game? That's yep, kind of the, the only. Store. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, just doodle around and see campus when it's not crazy mm -hmm. full of people. Yeah. That'd yeah. probably be the biggest thing. Go to the bookstore when it's not jam-packed like it is on a game day. And they've been know? renovating that thing, too. So I, I actually haven't yeah, been they, in it since they renovated it. Uh, but they were moving stuff around and doing all kinds of stuff indoor there. So, uh, so yeah, that's a good call, Sean. I, I would say you're not going to run into the crowds that you normally have on a home weekend. So, you know, kind of take in campus and all of that and hopefully you know fingers crossed it's going to be the towards the end of april that the weather's going to cooperate and you can actually get outside and 
and and take in a lot of the campus stuff because I mean there's a absolute possibility it's snowing. <laughs> I mean it's you know it's going to be beautiful tomorrow and it was snowing today. Like that's right. welcome right. to Northern Indiana. Yes, exactly, and that's. You just never know what you're going to get weather-wise. Right. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, just look at today. I don't know. Like, I know you were home, but mm-hmm. I don't know if you went outside. I did. It was, it was like a whiteout. I was Well, it was kind of cloudy this morning and relatively warm. And then the next thing you know, snow <laughs> is coming down. Yeah. Nothing that was sticking. But then uh, not long after that, the snow was gone and the sun was still is shining bright. Right. Mm-hmm. So, it was a. I went out to, to Northern get, Indiana. Yeah, I went out to get lunch for my wife, and it was a whiteout. Like it, you could barely see as you were driving. It was snowing so hard. And tomorrow it's going to be like fifty something. Like, and you know, so it's like you just can't predict what it's going. We're we're going. We're not going to go far for spring break, but one of the days we're going to be in Indianapolis. It's supposed to be seventy five degrees. That's like four days from now, five mm-hmm. days from now. Like, what is happening? I, you just can't. It's unbelievable. Yep. Timeout Tom wants to know what's the process for a senior returning for a fifth year? Is it a coach's or player's and or a combination of both decision? That's a great question because it's actually there's actually a third part of this that most people don't know about or don't follow. Yes. Okay. So it starts off with the coach, right? You have to be asked back, number one. Number two. Obviously, the player has to want to come back. I mean, there has been times where yeah, they've wanted a player. To, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they've wanted to come back, and the player's like, "No, I'm ready for the next step." Right. So that's part of it. Then, after the player and the coaches decide they want him to come back, they have to get accepted into graduate school. Like there is an academic piece to the whole thing as well. And now, I don't know that I've ever heard. I bet you Brian could come up with somebody. I've never heard of a kid not getting accepted into grad school that the program wanted to bring back for a fifth or sixth year, right? Right. Like if he was here through his, you know, and got right. his degree at Notre Dame, there's no reason right. you would think of that he wouldn't be admitted to grad school. Yeah. So, you know, but they have to be admitted. I mean, that's that's a big part of it as well. And that's why a lot of times you don't hear the announcement by these guys until that decision has been made so it can be delayed a little bit so it's actually a three-part process uh to come back for a fifth year yeah very good answer vince i don't have anything to add to that anthony with another super chat he says this one is to honor your show that was for us thank you very much anthony we appreciate it supersize it tonight Romlack says, Sean, you seem very good at not letting your superiority make your coworkers feel inferior. Are there books or videos wow. you could recommend? <laughs> There's this uh, Mac Davis song that I listen to. It's called, Oh Lord, It's Hard to Be Humble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> other than that, I don't know, like the Zen, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. You know, I just, you know, whatever. <laughs> Romlack, Derek spinning his jokes as always oh that's good so, stuff though that's yes. good stuff <laughs> revolver do you guys think rudolph wants a smaller quicker offensive line or is this a one-year deal i feel like we're gonna know that more after a few months like let's see who like obviously there's guys on the board right now that they're recruiting and they're not going to stop recruiting those guys right if they have a good relationship with them 
But let's see what happens as we see who Joe Rudolph starts to go after, right? I think it's too early to kind of put, you know, put a finger on what he wants to shape the O-line to be because he's dealing with guys that aren't his. And so he's going to work with those guys and he's going to make those guys good. But let's see kind of where he spreads his recruiting blanket. Uh, I think that'll give us a better idea of kind of the O-line and how he wants to shape it. I think it's too early to tell. Yeah, and like Anthony Knapp, I know he's 265 pounds. I'm going to assume he's got some room to fill out sure. on that frame. And, you know, I know they're talking about him as a guard, which, I mean, that would be mm-hmm. – you'd still want at least another 30 pounds on him if he's playing an interior oh, yeah. line. But that will be uh, – yeah, I mean, time is going to tell. I think on that, and you know, and if and if Rudolph is, if that does become the case, I don't think that that's probably just Rudolph's decision either. Like that's that's something that that's yeah. going to have to come from Marcus Freeman. You know, like we want to do more of this, but and and uh, Jared Parker. You know what I mean? Like what? Yeah. What's yeah. the goal offensively? Yeah. I mean, right. You know, we'll just have to wait and see because we all know what Harry Heastan did. He would he would just recruit tackles. And then move them to where they needed to go. That was not really the case with the previous offensive line coach. He was more position specific when he was recruiting guys, and frankly, didn't recruit enough tackles. I don't think, um, you know, over his tenure. So it just all depends, and I think it's going to take some time before we really know what he values, you know, uh, in offensive line recruits. Irish Chi-Town, what are your picks Ooh. for the men's and women's Final Four? Throwing Yikes. it on you. Do Man. you have any picks, Vince? No, I stopped paying attention because I can no longer get points uh, in my bracket. <laughs> I mean, because... I don't know who can get points on the men's side. <laughs> we, like, I think we had everyone's a... bracket is maxed out at this point. Yes. Oh, 100%. Uh, I... Let's see. We we have a like a bracket challenge at work, and the loser's already paying. Like the, the final four hasn't even taken place. And everybody and knows the, the outcome. Yes. The loser is buying everybody lunch. And that is Friday. Like it's already, it is already taking place because everybody's bracket was just garbage. And it was basically whose is the most garbage, uh, you know? So yeah. Uh, let's see here. The wit. So let's go, let's go women's first, right? Cause you've okay. got, you got some higher seeds there. So you got Iowa versus South Carolina, yep. and then you've got LSU versus Virginia Tech. I mean, I think it's probably going to be an all SEC championship game. I think it's going okay. to be South Carolina versus LSU. LSU. I mean, the the semifinal between South Carolina and Iowa, I'm really going to be interested to see what kind of viewership that does because you've got a team not named UConn that yeah. is doing UConn type things in terms of their dominance right now. That is just the complete team, like the size, you know, they, we were obviously out there in Greenville and we got to see them. That's <clears> such the, just the size that South yeah. Carolina ha- team has, um, you know, but they're going to be going up against Caitlin Clark, who is the star really of the women's game right now from Iowa. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. the matchup. I think everyone yeah. wants to see, I think it's going to be still, <clears throat> Caitlin, I'll be interested to see how far Caitlin Clark can carry them. Like, can she keep it a game going into the fourth quarter? Because you're essentially talking about a great individual player who's a point guard sure. as well, who, you know, gets her team involved. But 
you're going up just against a machine, it seems yeah. like. But I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's gonna be South Carolina versus LSU. Um by the way, on the subject of Caitlin Clark, have you seen this video that's going around on um on Twitter right now from the Iowa Louisville game the other day by any chance? I mean, I've, I saw like so, nothing that like stood out to me. So okay, so it's probably not. I'm not talking about the one where the Texas player and like Haley Van Lith from mm-hmm. Louisville. Oh, they got the, like a, the handshake yeah. line. Yep. Well, in the Iowa Louisville game the other day, it's the fourth okay. quarter and there's like a little more than three minutes left. Louisville's getting ready to inbound. Iowa's up by 15 points. It's like 86 to 71, I think. And they kind of. The camera zooms in a little bit, and they're showing Caitlin Clark, and Haley Van Lith is standing there, and the lip reading appears that Caitlin Clark said, you're losing by 15. Shut up. <laughs> I love that. I love Because I, I do know enough to know that Van Lith likes to run her mouth. Yes. I do know that much. Never stop. And stopped. I think that's hilarious. The, yes. old, Very- the old scoreboard point you know what i mean it's That's like exactly right it's time to is, shut I it down it. i loved it i loved every minute of it it was hilarious uh-huh. and it looked like it looked like van lith may have just shut up after <laughs> that you couldn't see her face but she just kind of stood there it didn't look like she was saying much so i, I mean your great. hatred for louisville goes all the way back to when you were calling baseball <laughs> games so that's right that's uh that's a deep-seated hatred that's right that's right uh so yeah so i i'm gonna say i'm gonna say all sec on the uh on the women's side yeah. i think south carolina is going to take it by the way yeah men yeah i do too okay. men's i'm just leaning toward yukon they just feel like really they're the team to beat right now i, yeah. I kind of like what jim laranag is doing i mean they, I, it feels like they're on a bit of a run i mean you've got a nine versus a five and a five versus a four i mean it's it, it's as much of a coin toss at this point you know than anything else uh, I'll take Miami just to be different in that one. What, what say you on uh, Florida Atlantic? Is there Cinderella shoe going to stay on or is San Diego that State going to take it? That one's tough to figure. And I mean, San yeah. Diego State with that defense, their, their, their defense has been working overtime mm-hmm. for them. So I, I, my gut says UConn versus San Diego State. In the national okay. championship, but I th- it would be kind of fun if it's Florida Atlantic and Miami. I think Jesse and I were talking about the other yeah. day, like you get an all Miami area national <laughs> championship game that nobody would have seen coming, and that I don't know how many people are going to watch any of these. But I mean, exactly. it's the men's basketball, so I mean, exactly. people are going to watch. But there are there are no All Americans in the Final Four. <laughs> right. for I think one of the first times ever they wow. said, "Yeah, wow." All right. I actually, my gut was telling me the complete opposite of you. It was I was going to go Miami and Florida Atlantic, and then I, I'm going to take Miami to win it all. I, I don't know. I clearly I don't know much because I scored zero points in the round of eight, and then obviously moving forward. So you know, I don't know anything, but that's my gut. I don't I, I don't see any reason to go against that. I mean, that's you know, <laughs> it's your gut. We're all just going. I mean. No one would have predicted this Final Four to begin with. So yeah. trying to trying to predict who's going yeah. to win in this Final Seriously. Four, you know, interesting. Anthony Campbell said, or a M- Michael Campbell rather said, Anthony Knapp just said he was two hundred and twelve pounds. First he lied, first saying he was two twenty something, 
to play, but he is 268, puts on weight pretty fast, lifting and eating. Okay. Well, and and you get a look, high school is tough sometimes, especially if you don't have like personal trainers and all of those things. Like for some guys, yeah, it's gonna be tough to build weight and muscle and all of that. Once you get him into a program, like they're not bringing him in to start right away. I mean, get him into the system, get him into the strength program, get him into the nutrition program, all of that. Let's see what he can put on his, you know, put his on his build. And you kind of go from there. You know what I mean? And like you said, Brian thinks he's going to be an interior guy anyway. And so get up to 295, 300, you're going to be in pretty good shape. Well, I remember like Golick Jr. was like not, you know, like it, I think it took him, like he had to work to put weight on and keep it on himself. You know, you know, like there are guys who are like that. And there are plenty of guys like that in the NFL. Like look at Joe Thomas, like Joe Thomas, who was just elected to the hall of fame, the former Cleveland Brown. Mm -hmm. He's one of those guys who, who really had to work to keep it on. And he's, and as soon as he quit playing and didn't have to consume all that food like that, I think he probably dropped 50 or 60 pounds in a couple months, you know? So I think there are just guys like that. And, like you said, once you get into the nutrition and the strength and and all that kind of stuff, it it'll it'll come. I, I would think I, I would think that it'll come fairly easily. Yeah. Once you get, you know, he's gonna ha- again, he's gonna have to work at it with the calories. Like we all wish we could have that problem, but <laughs> to keep packing on. I know the calories, but yeah, <clears throat> never been a problem for me. Yeah. Salty wants to know how many people you're buying lunch for, Vince. Ouch! Ouch! There are six of us in the pool. I came in fourth. So <laughs> comfortably in the middle. And the only thing on the line was the loser had to buy lunch. So as long as I didn't come in last, we were good. So comfortably in the middle, I'm getting some uh, some good food on Friday. Yeah. Anthony wants to know who we see as the starting Ooh. linebackers. I don't see a scenario where jd bertrand is not starting i just i just don't no chance, no chance. I, yeah i just you know you can say what you want to i know that's um, going to disappoint some people. i know it is too I, I get that i just don't see a scenario where that's the case only thing that keeps jd bertrand off the field is injury that's correct it. yep no doubt about it now is maris going to reprise his role at linebacker i think that could be more of a a shared situation um, that's where that's where Sneed has been, right? He's been practicing over there. Does mm-hmm. that sound right? Because these guys have moved around so much, and I haven't well, watched the, the defense yet. You know, and we got to talk to a couple of the linebackers today, like okay. Nolan Ziegler and Prince Kali and Marist was actually in there. But you know, that's again something that I asked Nolan Ziegler about was moving around, playing all the different linebacker positions, and. It sounds like they're keeping them a little bit more right now to you're an inside guy or you're a rover. And gotcha. So like Ziegler, Bowen, and who was the other one? There was one other guy that I can't think of off the top of my head, another young guy, but they're mostly playing like Mike and Will right now. Okay. Is what he was saying. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. I you can't you can kind of just put everybody in a bag and shake it up and kind of go with it as long as you assume that JD is going to start. Like that's the only thing in my mind that is a definite right now. And I want to see a little bit of live scrimmage. I want to see these guys flying around the field. I mean, 
is Jordan Botello going to be a Viper? Is he going to be like, where, where does he fall into this whole thing? You know, I mean, it's there, there's going to be a lot of questions that need to be answered, but I also think if they do it right, they're going to be able to shuttle some guys in and out and you're going to see a lot of different bodies. Back yeah. There. I think you and could still get like down in distance and situational yeah. type guys out there. Like, like, you know, pass coverage. So you like Ziegler just as an example because of he, he has some defensive back in his background, you know, like he's a guy who maybe can get out there and, in, in, you know, I, I was going to say it, maybe he could be like the, the, the next Bo Bauer type guy yeah. in that dime package to sure. start off, you know, like, like that kind of thing. Like I, I could just based on what we've seen so far, the guy's got some quick twitch. He's got some sure. size as well. So I, I really, I mean, I, I want to see him live. We haven't got to see yeah. him live. All we got to see was some drills the other day. So that's definitely what I want to see. Tomorrow, uh, we are going to have some Al Golden comments about some of this yes, stuff. Sir. Some uh, some audio that we'll play on the show. So we'll get into a little bit more detail about that. There were a couple of interesting things like they've you know that he had to say about that. Mm, so, you're yeah. such a tease. I know. I do what I can. <laughs> Garland, with the way the practice clips have been showing wide receivers, zero and five, giving DBs, 20 included, fits. Do you see us having two wide receivers over 800 yards and five touchdowns? Is it possible? Sure. I mean, absolutely it's possible. And depending on how many red zone opportunities, both – you know, uh, Tobias Merriweather and Deion Colsey, zero and five, are big dudes, big targets in the red zone. And all of those, not all, a lot of the targets that went to Michael Mayer last you keep year in the red zone. contradicting yourself. I know, right? <laughs> all, all the, tar you know, a bunch of the targets that went to Michael Mayer in the red zone, I think are going to go more on the outside. I think you're going to see, you know, Thomas, Colsey, Merriweather, just those big bodied receivers. They're going to get more targets in the red zone. So from a touchdown perspective, yeah, I could see that being the case because I think they're going to throw the ball a bunch. They're going to use their size to their advantage. The 800 yards part might be a little bit more difficult just because, you know, I think they're going to spread the ball around a little bit more because you're going to have some guys step up and you're going to have to spread the ball around. So uh, could it happen? Sure. If I was a betting man, I would say no. I think at least one receiver is going to, and remember Michael Mayer is the only guy who had over 800 yards this year or, you know, last year. But I think with Hartman, I think at least one of the receivers, I, I would say one will have over 800, but I do think that that next guy will be in that at least yeah. six to 700 yard range somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. I do think so, because I just think, Again, the tight end is not going to disappear from the offense, but it's not right. going to be tight end heavy like it's been the last three yeah. years. It's it's I mean, going to look a lot different. Look, the offensive coordinator is the tight end coach, right? He's not going to forget about the tight ends. There's going to be a tight end on the field a lot. They're not going to go five wide, right? I mean, they're just, they're just not. One tight end at least will be on the field at all times. I still think the tight end will be a productive position at Notre Dame. I don't think they're going to forget about them. I just don't think it's going to be – you can add up all the receptions and all the yards and all the touchdowns of all the tight ends. It's not going to equal what Michael Mayer did. Michael Mayer is arguably the best tight end ever to step foot on Notre Dame's field, right? I mean, arguably. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have that on the roster. You've got some really good guys, some really good tight ends. 
but they're not Michael Mayer. So give them a chance, but you're going to see more action to the wide receivers for sure. No, I think so as well. And it, and it just kind of made me, it, it sparked a thought in me here and I'm, and I'm looking, I'm looking for something to, to, to see if I back up my confirmation and the, uh, my internet's running a little bit slower than I would like. <laughs> so I'm kind of, I'm kind of stalling here a little bit, but, um, where did it go? Well, I do think there's going to be a bunch of go. receivers with yards. So yeah. Like I was thinking about USC with Caleb okay. Williams last year, Jordan Addison, 875 yards, Taj Washington, 676, Mario Williams, 596 and then um yeah so like i could easily see that being the case and like shy town was saying you know it would be fun to see where did it go five different guys over 500 yards maybe not five but that's I a lot you could, you could see three to four in that range sure yeah and, and look you got a guy that's used to throwing for a bunch of yards and they're going to stretch the field and you're going to get you know, you're going to get yards and on big plays and you're going to get yards on short passes that turn into big plays and you're going to get all, all that, you know. I mean, look, there's, there's a chance that Chris Tyree could have 500 yards receiving. I mean, that's a possibility. Yeah. I think he's going to get a lot of targets out of the backfield yeah. or in the slot. Michael, I mean, this and this is a good point for Michael. Not going to have not – not going to be going three and out as much because you're going to have a quarterback who can read defenses and convert <laughs> third downs. I – completely agree yeah you're gonna have more opportunities i completely agree with that michael i think you're gonna get more offensive opportunities than they did last year from start to finish whoever the quarterback was you're just gonna be on the field more and you know again this is probably a bigger topic for a later time but with the offense being on the field more than they have in the past it's gonna just be a factor that the defense is gonna be better because they're gonna be more rested and games aren't going to come down to the defense preventing the big play. Remember that was always the issue last year was like, okay, the defense is playing well, but man, that one drive, you know, towards the end of the game, they just gave up, you know, 80 yards on 10 plays or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it was, it was like that, that, that just that back breaking drive. Well, if they're not on the field as much, I think the chances of that back breaking drive happening are slim to none. I concur. On the subject of wide receivers, Jeff wants to know which true freshman wide receiver will play the most in 23, Flores, Greathouse, or James? I think, okay, again, I have to preface this with I was there for 25 minutes <laughs> on last Saturday, right? And so my answer could change. But I will say I think Rico Flores is the most polished receiver at the moment from a route running standpoint, from a hand standpoint. I know that's going to upset some people that I didn't say uh, great house, the great one. But I think Flores is the most game ready right now. And the difference between this year's incoming freshman and last year's solo incoming freshman in, in Tobias Merriweather is they don't need those guys. I just I don't think that they're going to need these guys to step up and play right away because Colsey, Thomas, uh, Styles, Merriweather, you know, I think those guys are going to be All head and shoulders better than they were last year. Yeah. And they're going to take the bulk of the reps. And the reality is you're not going to see more than about five wide receivers in the rotation, right? And you could even say Chris Tyree is going to be the fifth one. 
So you may not even need any of these freshmen. But if I had to pick one, I'd say Rico Flores. That's a guy I'd go with as well. And to be honest, I don't want to say he's completely surprised me, but just looking at, like you're talking about, both the hands as well as the route running, as well as the explosiveness and just, just the thick he's college like, made body yeah. that he yeah. has. Yeah. Like that guy's got <clears throat> real muscle on his body already. Yeah. And he's supposed to be a senior in high school right now. He's the one who's definitely stood. I mean, and they've all three done some good things. You know, again, like if you're looking at the highlight videos and all that different kind of stuff, they've, they've right. done some, some nice things. Braylon James, they put one out on him today, making a, a, a pretty nice catch, you know, but Flores would be my pick as well, just based on what we've seen right now. And again, that's two partial practices. So right. don't the, hold the, us, don't hold our feet to the fire. Yeah. Well, because the, the the first team that they ran out, uh, if I remember correctly, was Colsey, Merriweather, and Thomas. Thomas was in the slot. Colsey and Merriweather were on the outside. And then you had Styles in with the second team. I don't remember who else was in with the second team. I'll have to obviously pay more attention to that this coming Saturday. But, you know, they're not going to force feed these freshmen, they're going to let these guys come along naturally, but now they have the ability to do that. That wasn't the case last year, man. They had to get Tobias Merriweather kind of force fed. Now they didn't get him on the field quite as quickly as I think all of us would have liked. And of course, then he got the concussion. And so he had some injury issues, you know, at the end of the season, but it's just a completely different wide receiver room now than it was this time last year. Yep. I concur. <clears throat> Um, Brandon, who are going to be the women's basketball team's bigs for next year? Are they recruiting any post type players currently or any rising stars on the team? Uh, well, Kylie Watson mm -hmm. will be back. Nat Marshall, I would expect will be back. Lauren Ebo, this was her fifth and final year. Right. So she'll be gone. It sounds like the transfer portal is probably uh, there. There are no incoming freshmen who are going to be big. So, um, I believe that they're probably going to go out into the transfer portal just like they did with Ebo and Watson this year and uh, with Maya Dodson last year, go to the portal and uh, try to bring one more probably in next yeah. year, get some experience. Yeah, because yeah, be Watson, guess. I thought, did a pretty good job when Ebo was out, was at five yeah. games. I thought she yeah. did a pretty good job kind of holding her own. I mean, they didn't really – you know, it was kind of her or nothing is what it kind of felt like. But when she was in the game, I thought she did a really good job. And if they can find somebody to back her up on a more consistent basis, then I think they're going to be in pretty good shape from a big standpoint. Yeah. She really had some flashes. She had a big yeah. game, the 20-point game in the first meeting against Louisville, the one that Olivia Miles yep. won at the buzzer. And she had, a you know, some other really solid game. Played, played. It really kind of came together for down the stretch. It was still a little bit more up and down. But she's got two seasons of eligibility left because of the COVID, you know, if she decides to use that fifth year. So that's that's a player who yeah. could be here for the next two years and and really, you know, mm -hmm. give them some good production over the next couple of years. So that's, again, that's uh, what I suspect. I, suspect. I, I also like, uh, I, I don't mind Maddie Westbelt being in there kind of as a, a, a big slash wing type person you know what i mean because mm -hmm. there's a lot of matchups that they can take advantage of with her you right. know if they're gonna if they're gonna put a big on her great stretch them out if they're gonna put a smaller forward or even a guard on her great put her on the post like she can play kind of inside and out so i feel like that's a 
that's a nice matchup for Notre Dame moving forward yeah. as well. Yeah, and they took it. They took advantage of that in those couple games that were here at Purcell yeah. for the tournament because of of Olivia Miles. We saw a lot more of those mismatches kind mm-hmm. of created. That's that's exactly right because of her skill set. She can do that, and I'll yeah. be curious to see kind of where that she's going to be a senior next year, which is crazy. That is nuts. I mean, I she's played every. I mean, she's played since she was a true freshman, right? So, yeah, exactly. Um, and she, so anybody that's going to be a senior, do they still have the COVID situation? So she could, she, w- she would have a COVID. Okay. So she's right. got two years potentially. Right. Gotcha. Dep- you know, depending on how she yeah. wants to use it and, you know, what her drafts, you know, potential becomes next year and all that kind of stuff for the WNBA. Right. Interesting one from Salty. What's the best purchase you've ever made under ten dollars? <throat> wow, that's like that's forty-two years of buying stuff, man. Like I, don't, I know. I mean, you know, I used to fill my tank of gas for a lot less than ten dollars back in the day. <laughs> so that was that would get me from A to B. Um, that's a really good question. I'm not sure which direction to go with this. Like. For some reason, off the top of my head, because some people were asking some baseball questions, I was thinking like my uh, my red line, uh, you know, price to go to a Cubs game when I was going to <laughs> Loyola in Chicago. Uh-huh. Like that was great. You know, just hop on the old red line, go to Wrigley Field. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I was th- I was hoping maybe you were going to have something really <laughs> big, but I mean, I, I might tough. need a week to think about this one. Yeah. If. Maybe we'll revisit this tomorrow with some time to think on it. Maybe yeah. something will maybe something will come to us over the next day. It's a very I, random I just, question, man. I know, and uh, but it's a thought provoking one. It's an interesting one, but uh, there's actually something that comes to mind, but I don't think I should say it on this show. So um. <laughs> that's probably true. I don't know if my mind went to the same place yours did, but um, well, we'll compare notes after the show. Don't <laughs> don't forget to uh, hang up without uh, answering <laughs> coming coming back to this question. So I was in high school. I was in high school at the time. I'll just oh, leave it oh at my. that. I was gonna say <laughs> I probably should have invested more in the under ten dollar one. If that is how I feel, if we're, if we're thinking along the same lines right now, uh-huh. based on the noise I'm hearing upstairs. And yes, Anthony wants to know what is there to do in July? I'll be back wow. up there back to back weekends in July. Here's the the thing. Okay, here's the thing that I would say if you're coming to this area in July, just go to the beach up Lake Michigan. Like that's <clears throat> that's what I would do. Yeah, for starters. I mean, otherwise South Bend is South Bend, so I would do that. Dang. Like there are a lot of like in Again, you've got to go into Michigan, but if you're into craft beer, there are a lot of little different okay. craft beer places in in southern Michigan, you know, that that you can hit. So the wife and I do that once the weather gets nice in the summer. It's funny. I try to think about what I'm doing like in June and July, like during the summer. I'm on campus doing another job, um, you know, pretty much every day in the summertime. And when we go on vacation, we go up to Lake Michigan. Like that's where we go for summertime vacation. So, and we go in July. So I'm with you on that one. I think, you know, heading up to the beach is kind of the way to go when you're in the the heat of the the heat yeah. of the summer. You know. Yeah. Brian said he went away 
from the chat, but he kept the video on for 10 minutes. Well, thank you, Brian. Thank you for not, you know, just checking out on us. <laughs> um, what? Oh, I'm not, I'm not sure who they're talking about there. So what to do in July. Chi-Town, how do the Notre Dame baseball and softball teams look this year mm. compared to last year? Well, the baseball team, and we talked about it, they beat Louisville two yeah. out of three last weekend. First time they've ever beaten Louisville right. in a home series. Crazy. So that's a start. The question is, is this the start of, of, a, of a turnaround? Like, are things going to start clicking for them, or was it just an aberration? So, right. I'm they've been very sure. and I mean hot and softball cold. is yeah softball Deanna Gumford they're just always consistent that's right that's what I would say with them book them because book them for the tournament because baseball is thirteen and nine right now mm-hmm. and softball is nineteen eight and one mm-hmm. so but Deanna Gump has never missed the NCAA tournament in her entire time being head coach except for the COVID right. year which we don't count anyway correct and so I mean you know. You're right. They are the measure of consistency. No doubt about that. The baseball team, I think, is still, you know, they're a work in progress because it's a brand new coach, brand new staff, you know, all of that. A lot of, uh, you know, your stud players left or whatever. And they were very up and down uh, at the beginning. And part of that, I think, is because of the way that they had their preseason schedule kind of set up. They didn't do, you know, the classic tournaments and they didn't, you know, they they didn't really barnstorm like they've done in the past, right? They always used to go to Texas for the Irish Classic. They would, you know, they would go to these various places and they would have kind of a tournament style, right? Where they wouldn't play these three-game sets. Well, they played all three-game sets at the beginning of the season. And that's just kind of a different way to go about it, right? It is. It's a very um, different way. Yeah. So, and then they I'm lost on record. First... Not a fan. We'll see, you know. We'll see yeah, no, me neither. Down, but... um, and they lost their first two ACC series. Right, they lost. They lost two out of three mm-hmm. to uh, Georgia Tech and two out of three to Wake Forest. Now, granted, both of those were on the road in their first home series. They took two out of three from Louisville. So it's like, who is this team? I, I don't know exactly know the answer to that yet. We don't, but they did move Jack Findlay into the starting rotation last weekend. I'm long and overdue. He was he was pretty dominant. Yeah, I think he's been there the last couple of weekends and. Yeah. They're starting to click. So maybe that's kind of the thing that can get them going. The offense, offense still has to find its way. They have been, that has been very inconsistent so yeah. far. Mm-hmm. And the last question we've got in there for right now from Josh. Sean, who is your mentor as a play-by-play Ooh. guy? And have you ever done color or just play-by-play? Really glad you guys told me about Odyssey. Well, thanks for listening oh, nice. on Odyssey. I've tried, you know, some color from time to time, you know, like when I've traded off mostly in, in baseball. And I think I've done some football as well. I'm just not the, the analyst guy. I'm play by play guy to me. That's, it's a lot harder to sit in the seat that Vince usually sits in when we're together and do the analysis of the play. Um, So, you know, I've, I've done it from time to time. but not a whole lot. As far as the mentor part, I would say that there are, you know, whether you call them true mentors or not, I would say that the three guys who have had, who had the biggest early influence on me as a play-by-play guy, one is Tom Hedrick, who 
uh, at the University of Kansas. He was the guy. He he taught some of the broadcasting stuff, and specifically, he taught the sports broadcasting stuff. There was no, no. There was only one class that was like sports specific, and like he he taught that class, and you had to kind of be in the curriculum for a while to get in that class. It was fairly competitive to get in there and all that kind of stuff. But he was. He's been the voice of the, he was the voice of the Cincinnati Reds, I think, like back in the 60s and part of the 70s. I think he did some Dallas Cowboys for a little bit. He's called some Super Bowls on the radio, you know, some other sports like that. Um, so he was sort of the one who, who, who helped shape the nuts and bolts and would critique, you know, like he would send us out, you know, with our recorders. We would have to go to either high school games or whatever games and embarrass ourselves sitting in the stands you know, doing our play-by-play into the recorders, and then we'd have to bring him back in, and he would critique him. And he huh. was, you know, he was kind of hard on me at first, but you know, I got the uh, the Tom Hedrick seal of approval. By the time it was all said and done, he actually called me one of the most improved guys that he ever had from start to finish in the program. So I was proud of that at the time. The other um, who didn't have like direct links, but he would talk to some of our classes. From time to time is Bob Davis, who at that time was the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. He did football and basketball and just like very excited style and all that kind of stuff. And so he was like one that I listened to and, you know, kind of helped shape it. And I've talked about Kevin Harlan before, and it's not like Kevin Harlan and I trade Christmas cards or anything. But there was a time well before I came here when I was living and working in a small town in southeastern Colorado doing junior college and high school play by play. Kevin had he's a. He's a Kansas alum himself, and he had come and talked to a couple of our classes, and I got his phone number and address, and, you know, so I sent him a couple of different tapes uh, when I was living in Colorado, and, you know, I'd be sitting there one day, and the phone would ring, and it's Kevin Harlan, you know, like, willing to give me a full critique of of everything, you know, so. No way. So he he was very... Very, like, one of the nicest guys that you'll ever meet. Like, as great a play-by-play guy as Kevin Harlan is. And you know what I think mm. of Kevin Harlan as a play-by-play guy. But great, like, just, and, and I did it twice. And, like, the second time, because it was maybe a year later, you know, it was back when things were on cassette. He's like, didn't we do this before? <laughs> but he was still, he was like, <clears throat> call, you know, he talked and he's, and he's you know, like, basically it, it was like, stick with it keep working it'll work itself out and here we are almost 30 years later hmm. and it's worked out fairly well anyway. i would agree yeah <laughs> i would agree that's awesome that yeah. is really cool i never i never knew that story oh you didn't i, no, I, I don't think you've you ever told me that before. i don't think you've ever to- i would have remembered kevin harlan calling you like that i never uh didn't realize that was the case yeah so and i know it's going to sound corny as hell but i obviously i didn't grow up thinking I was going to get into this business. I can thank Sean for that. And uh, my boredom one day listening to the radio and you having that contest that I wrote in on. That's right. And uh, so I can thank you for getting into this business because, you know, you always hear about people like, oh, I listened to so-and-so and, and, you know, growing up as a kid and da-da-da-da-da. Well, I listened to people, obviously, because I was a sports fan. Never thought I'd be on this side of the mic. And so my only... My only person that I ever looked up to that I learned from is you. So, I mean, <laughs> for good or bad, here we are. <laughs> here we are, man. And when I did a few, I've done a few play by play. First of all, doing play by play is a thousand times harder than doing analysis and color, thousand times harder, number one. 
because you have and the I would say I take it back. The prep work for being a play-by-play guy is a thousand times harder than being an analyst. True. Because you got to have stats and you've got to have, I mean, just so much information about each player, uh, information, just tons of it. And then you got to put it on a piece of paper that makes sense that you can find that information quickly. And everybody's different with the different call sheets that they have. So it's super hard, super complicated. But when I would do some of those play-by-plays, I was like, I'm stealing Sean's stuff, what he says. And I didn't even realize it, but like I would say phrases that you would say and like. Well, and, so, and that's how I was like when I, yeah. would, you know, because Kevin Harlan and Bob Davis, again, Davis being the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks and uh, Fred, uh, Fred White, who was, um, or, and, and Denny Treese, the, the voices of the Kansas City Royals. Like those were the guys I listened to the most. And so just by nature, by listening to, and they were all really good. And, you know, and especially like Harlan and Davis, you know, like, you know, the, you know, the excitability that, that Harlan has and Bob Davis is very similar and like, you know, fairly intense. And, you know, I think back then, even I was probably even more intense with some of my calls and like, I was calling high school games and this little kid comes up to me one time and he goes, are you the guy who does Kansas Jayhawks and I'm like I wish kid I don't even know what you're talking about he's like well you sound like him and I'm like I never thought that I sounded like Bob Davis so that was you know again that was like one of the biggest compliments that I could get yeah and but that's that's what it comes down to I think when you're starting is just imitating what you hear and you know that's it you just kind of go from there I think yep either way it's a great job to have and it's incredible fun I will say that is didn't I did, you know, 20 years ago, I did not see my life going in this direction and I am all the more blessed for it. So it is got really good friends out of the deal and I got, sure. got to see some amazing sporting events along we're the way. We're going on, we're going on 19 years this know, year, which is nuts. It's crazy. Talk about that contest. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Vince won a contest. Yeah. <laughs> I think probably the only one I ever won. <laughs> um brian with the super chat for the cancer fundraiser thank you very much brian we appreciate that once again and nathan milton with the super chat thank you nathan says of all the ib staff who's the most capable of talking their way out of a fight with an angry mob of osu fans after notre dame beats them next year well me (laughs) um i mean i have a pretty good way of diffusing people verbally it's kind of my job but I will say that after the last Ohio State Notre Dame game in Ohio, I was ready to start slugging people before the game and after the game. So right. I'm not going to promise anything. It's it, but it's a lot easier when you win. <laughs> like you can kind of carry yourself a little bit differently when you right. win. You know. So if Notre Dame is able to win that game, there's not going to be any fighting. It's going to be great. Yeah, and if it's if it's an angry mob. <clears throat> You know, like me being in my fifties now, like my, my mechanism is, <laughs> is not, you know, just to talk my way out of it. Like if they started talking, I would say some, you know, sarcastic things back to them and, you know, like then it would escalate and then I would have to run my old butt out of there. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> But I, I it, for this question, I, I think I agree with Anthony. I'm going to go with Sean Davis. Dude lives in Chicago, man. Like he's ready to throw, he'll be ready to throw down. Okay. Yeah, I I have a feeling he'd be ready to throw down if need be. Very true. Um, Father David, good to hear from you. 
he said, I would have loved to have been a play-by-play guy. Obviously, the Lord has other plans. How do you avoid being a fan when calling mm. a game? I would say that there were times earlier in my career where I let my fandom get too much of me. Like there are some calls that I would like to have back because I let the <laughs> fan come out too much. And over time, I have definitely learned to corral the fandom <laughs> and be more, you know, professional in the approach yeah. while still being, while still conveying the excitement and all that kind of stuff. Well, and there's also a fine line because most of the stuff that you do, I mean, obviously Mishawaka, the high school here that, that you did a bunch of stuff for and do a bunch of stuff for, you are the Mishawaka play-by-play guy. So there is right. a slant towards a team and there's a slant when you're, you know, you're doing women's basketball and you were doing men's base, you know, baseball for Notre Dame. I mean, there's a slant towards Notre Dame or towards whatever team, but, but there's a fine line, like the wheeze. You know, I'm a huge fan of not saying we, because you're the broadcaster, you're not shooting or hitting or pitching or whatever, like slow down with the wheeze. So it, it is, but it is tough at times. I mean, you want them to win. You want them to be successful because you have to go on the plane with them, you know, an hour after the game's over or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very professional line that a lot of people don't have, to be perfectly honest with you. And uh, it's borderline embarrassing to listen to at times. I agree. Jeff, chances Al Golden has shown the door if the same <clears throat> issues with the linebackers happens this year, along with some of the late collapses, red zone issues they had. I mean, if it is very obvious that that's the Achilles heel for this Notre Dame team and wherever they want to be, whatever they consider successful. If it's the linebacking core and the defense as a whole, then yeah, I think, I don't think Marcus Freeman is going to sit around and allow another year to take place. So it may not be like an all out firing, but it may be like a, Hey, it's time to look for a different gig and we'll support you in any way kind of a situation. Yeah, and I think part of it's going to depend on what the overall team looks like as well. Like is you know like if if the offense is really clicking, which we expect that it will be and it's a championship level offense, but they're giving up. You know, it's not like they were giving up even 25 points right. a game last year. They still kept the points down. They were top That's 20 defense. Yeah. And that's and I think this is probably a good place to to wrap up because because of the uh, the late nature of finding out we had the show today, it's just going to be mailbag tonight. We're not going to have a rapid fire or anything. But, again, we're going to have a lot of Al Golden comments uh, on tomorrow's show. But some of the things that he talked about today, pairing some things down that they were doing yep. last spring, like learning from last – kind of what we were talking about yesterday, learning from last spring – what's really necessary, what's not necessary, and uh, applying that to this spring and what they're working on right now. So, but but my point was going to be is if the offense is championship level and the defense has given up 30 points a game and you're obviously a detriment and you're holding the, you know, the overall team back, then I think that that maybe, yeah. you know, you're you're in in that case, he does get whatever hot seat. But right. I don't know. Well, we'll see. Uh, I, I know that a lot of people would have liked to seen it, <laughs> you know, seen a change made 
after sure. last year. And I, I get think, it. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. But give him a give him a second. Like give him a chance to. And if he's saying these things in interviews, and we're going to talk a lot more about it tomorrow. But if he's saying things in interviews, then that at least gives me a good idea that things are headed in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, we will leave it at that. We are not Marshall says breaking the rapid fire streak is similar to when Ripken finally sat down. I mean, we do still have a a show every Friday dedicated to rapid fire. So we're making up for that to some extent, I think. Absolutely. But again, because of the commitment (laughs) of Anthony Knapp, that kind of, It changed our our uh, our show schedule around a couple of different times today. Yep. We weren't originally going to have a show, and then, and then we, we were. found out. Yeah, then we found out about an hour before the show was going to start that we were going to have a show again. Yeah. So we we're like, it's "Well, good. we'll do a mailbag and have fun with it." So yeah, absolutely. Why not? All right, so that's going to do it for tonight. Appreciate all the questions. Appreciate the super chats as well, and those will go toward that. Uh, Notre Dame softball fundraiser that they were doing earlier today. Appreciate everyone for stopping by today. And uh, Derek, you appreciate it. (laughs) Even if you're lying. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't actually believe that, you know, you mean that, but that's okay. Just the sentiment is good enough. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Ivy Nation Sports Talk.